Welcome to the Love, Truth, and Power podcast, where we are building belonging by sharing our stories and experiences and taking command of our narrative. In our first episode, we are placing the spotlight on the missing stories of Black fathers from the lens of the father and the children. On this Father's Day, and because he is part of the company that I keep, I am focused on one very special father. In this episode, I interviewed our daughters first, separate and apart from their father, and I did the same with Daryl, so that I could capture the authenticity of their experiences without preparation or influence. Let's get into it. Yeah, a couple shots. <laughs> you, except you know, a 
talk to you. But even in stressful situations, he always like kept his cool. So I know I did that to him. I never thought about that. So what is your what? first? That you've never been very ill. Well, I guess because that's not how it affected me. <laughs> so I'm gonna think I'm not calm. So never mind. I guess I wouldn't be it. Yeah. What's your first memory as a child of your dad that you value? Like that brings a smile to your face if you can think of that. I'm trying to be so many because those are not. Daddy took, taught us how to swim and we went to see grandma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm trying yeah. to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably when he got us those matching Tommy Hilfiger sweatsuits. Friends are like, hey, what about your daddy bringing them back sweatsuits that was custom made with their name on it? <clears throat> it was fly. And the zoo. The trip to the zoo where he rode in the wagon. Um, it's so like shallow. I, I feel like my earliest... Oh, <laughs> Just say it. I feel like my earliest memory was... Um, him pulling up on Alice Lane in that new Lexus, that gray Lexus, and I just knew he was cool that day. <laughs> <laughs> he was driving up with his shades on, with his hand out the window, mm-hmm. and I came outside and I thought he was rich. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was getting out of the hood. <laughs> so, uh, just tell me a story that of Dad that just captures the essence of him. Like something that you remember that captures his essence, his person. For me, I think when uh, I got pulled over by <laughs> by an off-duty cop, and he pulled in our driveway right after me, and Dad just ran out the house, didn't have nothing, didn't know what was going on. He just knew it was me out there, and was cussing the guy. You know, he was saying he was a cop. Like it didn't matter. He was gonna do whatever to make sure that I was good. And why was that important to you? Because, I, like I said, I felt, like Sylvie said, like I always, like you always had my back, supported, even though it was a cop or whatever, and he's living in Prince George. <clears throat> he was going to do whatever, except because it was me. But, like, what does that do for you? Like, sense of security. And I can walk on a call and not be scared because I have my dad. And a dad like that. And he's very present in everything. He's not just a man in the house. So I got arrested at the high school. <laughs> but it's the same because he likes to be the calm person or whatever. But then it's like, you know, like I know he doesn't play about me, but then when he pulled up with his bandana <laughs> looking crazy, ready to fight everybody, it just makes you feel better. Because normally, you know, people's parents are like, what did you do to be in this situation? And he came knowing I didn't do anything wrong, like to my defense. For people who don't know your dad, introduce him as a cop. Do you know what came in my mind? Mm-hmm. He was talking trash. No, it was Steve Harvey. He was doing his introduction to Jesus on the King of Comedy. That's what came to my mind. <laughs>
is the greatest. I can't believe mm-hmm. you have such good questions. How is he the greatest and how is he the coolest? He's funny, he's smooth, he's so very funny. smooth, so funny. He has he is the hilarious. best laugh ever <laughs> that makes you want to laugh. For days. I was about um, to say, laugh to the point that you it hurts. He has the best so smile. The He's best smile. smile. Everything about him is contagious. Yes. Yeah. And Everything about him is contagious. You can't have an attitude around him if he doesn't have it. You if can't he stay. You got one get out of the way. You can't stay mad long around him. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't stay mad long. Either. And he doesn't. He never stays mad long. Very forgiving. Very forgiving. Very no. Patient. What you want? He is patient. Who? Her. All of us. He didn't really knock you out. <laughs> you know. As you know. As you know. I would agree that he's patient. He doesn't seem to, but yeah. He, you guys yeah. have driven him to play. Yeah, I was gonna say, if he's wanted to knock our head off, plenty has not. Control, especially their daughters, and daddy's mm-hmm. not like that. He lets right. us be. He lets us. us be us. He accepts us each as different as People. we are. Um, and he has our back as we are, even if he doesn't agree with some of the stuff that we do. Right. <laughs> he lets support. He lets us be adults. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that wasn't it. <laughs> 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 yeah, you look. I didn't want you to feel sad. Ain't nothing um, up on the wall over there. <laughs> You know I don't mind because it's not gonna change. <laughs> um, he's the best provider, for sure. For sure. Um, never have ever felt unprovided for. Even when I know know things got rough, I we we never felt it. Yeah. You're right. And super loving, very loving, and very open loving to everybody that we brought around. Yes. Very personable. Personable. He's friendly. He's not judgmental. Invested. <clears throat> he has a big heart. He talks a lot of trash. Yeah. He does not believe anything bad or wrong about us and doesn't let anybody say anything bad or wrong about us and that's the best part that's the best part yeah nobody could tell us anything tell him anything about us mm-hmm. even if they tried <laughs> probably couldn't get to that same right. <laughs> so your dad is unique um from many dads in that he is in the military 
and or was in the military, he's now retired, and he would go away for long periods of time. If you guys think back to the times that he was gone, what was what you missed most about him? Like how did how did the environment at home changed because he was absent? You know, not absent, like not interested, but you know, absent traveling for long deployments and stuff. I probably just missed his sense of humor more than anything and missed him. I don't know, it's just his presence, just him being around. Yeah. Just the smaller stuff of seeing him before we went to school and seeing him when we got home. And yeah, mostly just little stuff like that was probably missed. And then it, if anything, like any occasion <coughs> or if birthday or something was to happen, it was never, it never felt all the way right because he wasn't there. I don't know, I think it is important to mention that I don't feel like he was ever absent when he was gone because we talked so much. Even mm -hmm. if it was for five minutes, it was every day. But yeah, that it's the small stuff. Like just sitting there and laughing with him. Cause like on the phone, you don't have time for the small stuff. And I miss like, it's a certain comfort when he's present. I'm ready to cry like he called Was that important to you guys that he called every single day? Like, because he did, but yeah. was that important? Yeah, because I think it's not as obvious that he's gone and had he not called and you're gone for like up to two years at a time, then it would have made a huge difference if he didn't. Yeah, I would have been offended. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They feel forgotten or something. Sorry. <clears throat> the truth is, I don't, I remember Dad like leaving, and I remember him coming back. Don't really remember him being gone. Don't remember him being gone. You were really little though. Mm -hmm. We were at this for the most part. We were at the our house now when he mm -hmm. left the last time. Well, and I remember when he surprised us. He came through. We were all sitting in the kitchen. He came through the kitchen door. And I remember him coming back. I don't remember feeling like he was gone. Yeah, I think he, and he, this was even before, you know, FaceTime. And and I do remember him, like he called every day, every morning, every evening. I remember writing to too. Yeah, very present. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I don't ever, it never felt like, looking back at it, I don't remember him being gone. Yeah. One of my favorite memories is that like, <laughs> Larry didn't realize that he was gone. In that IHOP video. <laughs> that was like one of my favorite memories. So what do you admire most about your dad as a person? And then what do you value most from your him as a father? As, as a, a person? person yeah. I feel like he never he's I've never heard him complain. Yeah. Ever. Oh wow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I just know now being an adult um, how rough it is <laughs> just to be grown <laughs> and to support three kids who are needy and high maintenance and a wife who's high maintenance um, I just can't I know it had to be stressful like I know it, I, just outside of that just as a human being as a, as a um, 
I feel like just as, as a human, I know it had to be hard a lot, but like I said, I've never heard him complain about anything. And he, if he was stressed, he didn't really show it. I admire the man he is and like where he is from where he came from. His journey. His journey, <clears throat> yeah. For you to be such a great dad and you didn't really have yours present, it's mm -hmm. just like And for you to crazy. provide us with a very cushy, spoiled life and that's not something that you had. Right. And to be so... And that made it so I'm far be so humble. Yeah. To be yeah, for so... You to made it up on the fly. Like it's sad since you didn't have the example. Yeah. And you're great. I don't want to be offensive, but like intentional. Like, like he didn't have a dad and then your mom didn't have the option to be as intentional with you guys because she had to work type of thing. And he's very intentional with everything that he does when it comes to the three of us. I say I admire him as a dad that he, and I don't know if he shelters or this is just how it played out, but like I feel like we were always kids and we got to be kids for a long time. <laughs> so we got to be I kids longer than the people we know. Yeah, and we didn't. I don't ever remember feeling grown people's business or grown people problems or like y'all taking whatever y'all have going on out on us or even hearing y'all argue which i know y'all had to be but like we never heard it never felt stressed out about it never right yeah nothing like it always felt real normal in house <laughs> <laughs> and now that i'm grown i know it, it had to be who chaos was <laughs> <laughs> but, especially the three of us <laughs> right just that there's nothing and i, and I know that so i know it was intentional it was like in no way did you leave any room for us to be traumatized from our childhood. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I 100% agree. Yeah. I really do think that's one of like our greatest, probably rarest blessings because everybody I know has childhood trauma. Yeah. <laughs> and I cannot think of anything. Like I was. Ooh, I was really in the clouds. Like, <laughs> I really did not, you know, I didn't know it was like this out here. Yeah, and you hear people's, like, childhood stories, and it's just like, my dad would never let that happen. Like, my dad would never. Would never. Don't know what you're talking about. And it seems like he takes so much pride in being a father. Yeah. And in us. Like, right. we are just the greatest thing he's ever done with his life. Right. But Even I appreciate that he made either. sure that we feel that. Yeah. Right. Cause you can think we're great and not tell us that we're great, but even if he never told us, the way that he has tells us. Mm -hmm. And we've all had low moments, or broke moments, or jobless <laughs> moments, or whatever. <laughs> and he never—he was like still always proud. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I never felt—he never made me feel ashamed or embarrassed or or that we had to worry. Right, right. it was always all part of the process. And that too, like that, I understand most people don't have this, but like he's always gonna, I'm married and 
dad's always gonna save the day. Mm -hmm. I'm 30 and he still saves the day <laughs> all the time. So your dad is also very social, right? And he kept friends and people around us in the house. Every time he was here, you know, present here, he was very lively. And I just wonder how that impacted your life. Like what, or did it have any impact at all? Definitely. Yes. One, if, go ahead. No, you go ahead, because you're going to lose it. Right. Go ahead. Um, it was like we always had like a whole team of people who he had around like like second second dad second mom he, he literally had a village yeah he literally had that village that people talk about like, like i have my mom and i have variations of my mom we have women that i learned from that looked out for me that took care of me that i knew cared about me i knew if you was in home, I could go talk to Miss Becky or go call her if you was at work. I knew Miss Tanya, I knew Mr. Page, Mr. Steve, I knew, even like I remember at a certain point that dad was deployed, like, I knew like if something happened to where I'd wanna call my dad, I could call Mr. Page, I could call Mr. McKay. And they would like do anything for us. And right. I know now, like I said, as an adult, that that's intentional. Yeah. With the people that I would want to keep around me, I know it's not easy to always have good people around mm -hmm. and good people mm -hmm. around your family. And then you keep certain people over there that you want to be friends with, but they just can't be around. And I, we never met those type of people who didn't care about us, who weren't good for us, who left any, like I said, negative or traumatizing impression on us. It was nothing. Even to this day, the, some of the men that you mentioned are involved with you guys. So what does that mean? to have that village of men, like, that were positive in your life because and of dad. It just made the love feel genuine. Like I said, even though now we're grown, they're still involved. Like, try to help us move, try to be interactive with us, and we're grown. Like, we don't need that. Support Daddy or that kind of, yeah. yeah. We don't need that much protection. But they, and they all still look at us that way. Right. And I like that dad made sure that his friends were present and intentional, or then you guys weren't around. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're gonna be here, you had to be present, you had to be intentional, you had to be mindful that we were here, kind of thing. Yeah, and because I'm not social, I think the the village that was around you was because of that, mm -hmm. how social dad is, and like you said, his intentionality, because he didn't just bring not because anybody. he's social, yeah, he didn't just bring anybody around you guys. Um, like he really, you know, brought men around that have stayed around and have been a positive, like, influence and have really created a village around you guys. Um, and that does matter. Because I yeah. think even though there's so many different um, things that happened in memories or whatever at the wedding, I think my greatest surprise was that all those men danced with me for mm -hmm. mine. Father-daughter dance. Yeah, and I think that's another gift that your dad, you know, has, and you guys can, you know, disagree, but it's that, that he not only brings people around you guys, but he's willing to... He brings know. more love around us. So, mm -hmm. like, it's one thing for, like, 
I mean, that's already a blessing in itself for your family to just genuinely love you and protect you, but to have extra people who aren't related to you, who don't owe you anything, and choose to, choose, be, around. Choose to be around you and choose to protect you on top of On top of, like, most people don't even have, like, one their own decent guy. father figure yeah. or one decent male figure right. in their life. And not only do I have this amazing dad, but I also have all of these other male figures. Like a team who, of backup dads. Yeah, like a team of backup dads. Should everything like, go wrong or be missing right. or whatever. And that's just crazy. And I think it's weird because I literally do think about that often. Like, it's just a really rare life that we yeah, like it's a big rarity because I know more people than not that don't have dads. So then it's like it's weird to think about the fact that you have the best dad, but you have like a good 10 backup dads mm-hmm. should anything go wrong. See, and that's crazy because the men that he kept around, so for my, how I remember it, all of my friends have dads. Like all of their children were my friends. So I didn't realize people didn't really have their fathers in their life until I got older and it was off of the base and everything mm-hmm. because of how dad kept us sheltered and kept those men around us. And along with, you know, that, the other thing is how important was it um, that your friends meet your dad, right, in, in the role that he's played in your friends' lives? It was Y'all important, but it wasn't. Y'all knew it was important, so then I think it became important to us. Yeah, but I that was very sensitive that I wouldn't want everybody to meet them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I knew who I was gonna bring. Just like pretty much, I guess how he did for us. Like I'm very protective of my people, and it's a privilege to meet my dad. Yeah, so it helped actually helped me weed out my friends. I'm like, if you can't meet my dad, it's probably probably not work out between us. We're probably not friends for real. And but the people I did really love, I was like so excited for them to meet him because I knew they was gonna love him. Yeah. And dad was gonna love on them too. Right. Yeah. And that and that too because of the fact that I knew at a certain point that most of my friends didn't have dads. I was just excited for them to be able to interact with dad and see what a dad see what a dad's supposed to be like and Mm -hmm. see. And feel the love that he's going to give you because I knew he was going to love them. And I think for me, it was kind of opposite. Dad had to meet everybody I was around. Every, like, I wasn't allowed to go anywhere unless you guys knew them. And I think some of the friends that I did bring around, dad had such a big impact on them that they did kind of change. Like, oh, I know I can't say this around Mr. Fryerson. Or if I have an issue, I can talk to Mr. Fryerson. Like, he had that big of an influence on them. Yeah, and I got people I, I don't even talk to now that still talk to dad, <laughs> or friends that I may not see for a while, but if I come in contact with them, always ask about dad or ask about both of you. Yeah, there's no friend that came around that dad didn't influence, especially yeah, right. the men. There's nobody that came around that dad didn't influence. There's people like like she said that we're not even friends with anymore, but they're still concerned about like. So with Father's Day coming up, and this will be released on Father's Day, what is a message that you 
God. <laughs> well, before we get there, let me say this. So, in our community and in the world, right, most people have this idea that um, fathers of colors, in particular black fathers, are not present in their children's lives and don't play a role. And so, for me, it's just important for people to see that not only that is not necessarily rare, because you guys have a whole bunch of secondary and you know fathers that um, are very involved in their children's lives, and they even have time and make time to be involved in you know your lives, and that the narrative is not necessarily true of you know all black men, that there are black men not only doing um, what they're supposed to do, but doing exceptionally well by their children, for their families, and for their communities. And so that they don't just take on the role of being the fathers to their children, but also influencing their community at large. So with that said, and Father's Day coming up and this being released on Father's Day, what is a message that you would first want to get out to people in general about the importance of fatherhood? And then I'll give you a moment to think about a message you want to send to your dad. A message about the importance of fatherhood? Yeah, like what? points of you being in your kid's yeah. eyes. Mm -hmm. I think as a woman, this is the most important relationship you have with your father, especially if you get into a romantic relationship with a man, that influences everything. Yeah. Even if you don't, you know, choose the kind of man that your father is, you compare him to him. So I think in like our case, you have such a great dad. It's like you're not measuring up to him, or you'll never measure up to him. Then we we kind of know that we're kind of settling, but we're always going to compare to him. And we know what we deserve because of how great he is. So it influences your standards. Okay. Yeah. Even if we choose wrong on our own, mm -hmm. we still know the measurement. What it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important. Well, I think fathers are important just because it, especially to daughters, just because it's really scary being a woman, especially in like today's times. And just getting kidnapped, um, abusive men, the male ego, the male ego, having to deal with men acting crazy when they get turned down. Just in general, like I said, you have a certain level of confidence or safety. Like even if you're in a bad situation, just having a man that you know that you can call, and that's some. I just personally feel like every girl or woman should have a man that they can call when need be and it should be your dad mm -hmm. and also teaching your sons how to be men yeah mm -hmm. right teaching them how to be respectful of women, respectful of women and I think, I don't know. I mean, I think 
flowers are important because I think it gives your life balance. Because I know there's a lot of people that just have moms and not that moms can't do it on their own, but there's just a perspective that you'll never get with just being with your mom. And I think that too, like the, for me as a woman, the protectiveness of it, like at a certain point I lived 12 hours away and didn't feel great about being that far or feeling scared or whatever. And the fact that dad was willing to come up there is says it speaks volumes. So with um, dad being a good provider, I'm gonna, so with dad being a good provider, along with being a good provider, he's always had his home open to family, right? Um, close family, not close family, open to friends and their families when they've needed. Um, and that's part of also keeping people around or extending a home to people who need it. So how did that influence who you are now? I think that kind of was taught not to be, um, not to be judgmental. And not that I think we were judgmental, but that it didn't matter who it was, you needed help, dad was gonna help. Y'all were gonna help. Y'all were open to anybody and everybody. Um, and it was almost like paying it forward. Like if, y'all, if we have it, you got it. Yeah. To always help if you have the capability to help someone, even if it was your last. Yeah. The thing that I've had the most friends live with us. Um, Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, because I always knew Dad was loving and everything, but he surprised me every time. And because a couple people stayed with us a couple of times, and he said it wasn't going to happen again. <laughs> and it did. Um, honestly, I just, it's because it's all just kind of hitting me now that I think that he is the reason I am the way that I am. Like, um, he's just not judgmental of anybody. He has an understanding of two different lives. So the people that I've brought around, I kind of knew, had an understanding of one life and I, I felt like I was doing them a favor <laughs> by helping them when really I feel like everybody I brought around, I feel like was just like unhealed and I felt like them meeting my dad would heal them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does it feel like to know that your dad doesn't have magic powers? He does. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm sorry, but it's all hitting me <laughs> Because I really thought it was me. <laughs> and it wasn't. But one, the fact that Just 
Yeah, okay. I, the fact that he, I knew that he trusted me enough to know and trusted my judgment enough to trust the people that I had come around. That you would let them live in your house. That you would let them, even for the people who didn't live with us, just I knew how big your heart was and how much love that we were given. That's what I wanted. I wanted the people who I know didn't get the same luxury that we had to feel that same love. And that's why I feel like I brought a lot of people around. I always felt, always, always, always knew that I was extremely blessed to have this family and to be so loved. And I always want everybody else to feel loved. And when I know people have like different childhoods or different dynamics in their household, I just can't wait to bring them around you guys or bring them around dad and feel like I'm helping or giving them something they're missing by lending my dad to you. So now my whole life makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I ain't seen it either, but yeah, you already got this. Like that. I love it. So as we close as we wrap this up and Daddy will see this then. What is a message that you want to make sure you get across to him on this Father's Day? Because people will see it, but the most important person to see this on Father's Day will be your father. What message would you send him? It would be business. I don't know how you put this into words. I would send him a message saying that I'm, I'm just so proud of him. I don't feel like he gets that enough because he did all this on his own he is the person he is mainly on his own just because you're a good person you made it this far on your own you decided to change your life you could have stayed where you were and been a whole different person or been resentful of what you didn't have right and it's not easy to have kids either you could have chose a different life you could have walked away you could have went so many other different routes. You could have checked out when we turned 18. And for you to just be so just extraordinary, like, I'm just, I'm sad because it was his dad's loss, honestly. I'm sad that he didn't get to have what we had, but I'm happy he had the journey he had so that we can have this life and we can have the dad that we have because maybe had you had that or maybe had you been spoiled or you know not knowing both sides we wouldn't be who we are and maybe it could have been a superficial relationship it could have been yeah. a superficial relationship but it's never a question in my mind that my dad loves me and not I'm just I'm proud of him as a son, I'm proud of him as a brother, proud of him as a friend, as a husband, just everything. That I, I feel like I never really saw dad as a, a person before, he was just my dad. And now that I know him as a person, for me to know you as a, a man and still like you, and still feel like you're the best, because 
you can know somebody in one way, but then like dislike them here, dislike them there. Like you're a good dad, but you're a bad friend. You're a good dad, but you're a bad sibling. But in every area of life, he's just he just a good is person. amazing human being. Privilege to have you as a dad. It is the greatest privilege. And because it's always ever known, it's definitely taken for granted. For sure. As if it couldn't have been a million other ways. But you chose to stay around. And when you can not okay. No. And not obviously not that it's over anytime soon, but You've done a great job, and you set a very high Bar. standard. Mm -hmm. And I think I think that being loved by you is an amazement that nobody would understand other than the two people next to me, except. I think the greatest gift I've gotten now that I'm an adult is the way that you love my son. And I think having you to be a man for him is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And I would also say, I'm just well, thank you for wanting to be here mm -hmm. because it's not forced. You don't just work and come in the house and go to your room. Like you sit around with us, you laugh with us, we joke, we joke on other people. <laughs> <laughs> One of our greatest joys. <laughs> and, and I feel like I feel your happiness in our presence. I feel we don't. I don't feel like a. I've never felt like a burden. Okay. And I know at a certain point we had to be with three kids in the house. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. And now we're in our thirties and still don't leave you alone. <laughs> right, but I'm just grateful that I always felt like you wanted to be here. You're not just doing something so that you can be a good guy. You're just mm -hmm. a good guy. And thank you for never letting us feel like you didn't want to be here, even if you ever did. <laughs> You know, I've never seen a man give flowers to their daughters for Valentine's. Every year, religiously, if he was there. To this and day. that, and I used, I used to remember, like, I was always surprised. He would just walk in the cafeteria, give me a flower, and I just felt like the most special person in the world. And he always did that. Somewhere or another, I think we all feel like that. He just made you feel special. Yeah. And like some people would like cry or be sad on Valentine's Day because you know everybody doesn't get a Valentine. Mm -hmm. But it's like even if there was every time you didn't get a Valentine, you knew you were gonna have one at some point because Dad always does it. And it was just so genuine. Yeah, everything about him is genuine. Even like and him creating memories with us and moments like the Poconos or just. Him cook like my favorite thing about Dad or spending time with Dad is him cooking in the kitchen and we just listening to old music. Like that is priceless. I don't know. Talking trash with him. Talking trash. Talking trash with him. Top notch. Yeah, top notch. 
that too because of the way he laughs like yeah, I said, it's, it's, it's it is so infectious contagious. yeah it's contagious and because we all have the same sense of humor thank god thank god thank god I want to say just thank you for always being present and feeling present. I know you may have not, like, you were in the military, you were gone, you did TDY or deployed. It never, that my memory of you is not that. I don't remember any of that. I don't yeah. remember you not being there, I always felt seen, heard, loved by you. Even when like, if you did have an attitude or you had a bad day at work, it would be for a second. It felt like you would cope by yourself and then make sure you still came out to us. We always felt like the priority. I always felt like the priority. I always felt like, to this day, like you are my biggest fan, my biggest supporter. You go out of your way. Like, it's not necessary at this point. You're 25. It's not necessary. <laughs> and you continue to extend me grace and surprise me and just have to be, like, one of the most humble people that I know. Sitting here talking about you, I realized this. But sitting here, I'm like, you are one of the most humble people That's crazy. that I know. You know how to edit this out because right. I'm not that good. Right. After this, you might not be. But <laughs> yes, it is, a, <laughs> it is a complete honor to be your kid. And you carry yourself so well, like your reputation means a lot to you. And being your kids, we know that and want to represent you in a certain kind of way simply because of who you That's are. That's what I'm trying to say. You make us want to be better. You make us you want also to remind be of us. Yeah. Top tier. Like yeah. we don't have a choice but to. Without being judgmental. Without being judgmental. Mm -hmm. You, you value yourself. You value yourself mm -hmm. so much and you value us so much. It makes us value ourselves and yeah. want to be the best and want to not be like everybody else yeah. and it's funny because you expected of us as if there's like not another option like what do you mean right like we ever felt down about something like what do you mean like you are who you are like what are you talking about and he's kind of like yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> can't put it into words how much i love you and i'm grateful for you so grateful so so grateful so blessed. blessed. So thankful. Because it didn't have to be us. Yeah. So we're on the eve of Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. uh, and a couple of days from now, we'll be celebrating Father's Day. And um, I wanted to interview my partner in life, my husband, and um, who I believe to be one of the greatest fathers. And so I figured I'd get his perspective on what it's like to be a father, but in particular um, with his own experience, just what it's like to be a father to girls and to young ladies of color. And um, yeah, so Faith, thank you for joining me and for being part of my journey. And 
for being the great father that you are. Thank you. So if we could learn from you, I, I really appreciate any stories or insights you can share. Because, mm. um, you know, I can be the perfect mother, but it's all because you've been a great father. So, um, so let's get started. Mm. So if you could go back a little bit to when uh, I first told you we were pregnant. Mm. Do you remember your first feelings, reactions? Uh, and be honest. Yeah, nervous. Nervous. Mm -hmm. Very nervous. Wasn't prepared. Didn't know anything. Didn't have a clue. Uh, Do you mind sharing how old you were then? I was 25. I was 25. You were 25. Yeah, 25. In 88? Andre was born in 90. 90. Correct. Wow. In 91, you would have been 30. You were born in 61. 90? Oh, correct. Correct. I was I was 29. 29. And you still felt unprepared? Correct. And you were nervous. Tell me more about that. Well, I wasn't... Um, it wasn't planned. So, we wasn't expecting it. We were having a great time, just me and you, and traveling, seeing the world. And um, all of a sudden, it was a new addition to the family that was coming our way, so how can you prepare for that? But we weren't avoiding it either, correct? We, we, was, we were not, we were not, we wasn't avoiding it, but we wasn't planning it either. It's not like we had baby clothes and car seats and everything stacked and stored, so. Um, either way, it was a great feeling. It was a good nervousness. It's not like I was scared, no, it was just a good nervous. Just wanted to do well, be a good father. So when you started thinking about being a father, is there anything that you pulled from or books or resources or seeing other people or anything like that? Was there anything that you think influenced you or did you just wing it and learn along the way? Like what it was gonna to be to go to the delivery room and uh, you know, all those things. Never thought about that, never discussed that. That was just something that happened, <laughs> you know. Never thought about that. It was just getting you through the pregnancy healthy. Um, I pulled from my father, unfortunately, on some of the things not to do. And in doing that, I uh, kind of figured out what I wanted to do for my kids in how I want it to be. So uh, it was winging it on, on the fly, you know? But I knew what not to do, which was important. What is one of those things that you said, I'm not gonna do this? Um, I'm not gonna somewhat abandon uh, spending time with my, my children, you know? avoid giving them attention and being there for them through everything, not missing anything. No cheerleading, no dance, no nothing. I wanted to be there 
for them, right? They didn't know how that felt, so I wanted to start with a different, a different era. So again, do you remember? It was uh, interesting, you know, the way we had children. Mm -hmm. um, with the three deliveries, I think there was something different with all of them that was unique, I think, to our experience. And I know how I experienced it as a mother, but I'm more interested in how you experienced it as a father with the first one. Was there something different in addition to the snowstorm that you drove me through and how you felt that night? Besides the, the, the blizzard, the car crash, <laughs> uh, the 26 hours. The fire. The fire. Uh, and then with Silvery, the worst hurricane to hit Louisiana at that point. I mean, I'm just curious how you experienced you know well I was more more sound with silver because we were on a military installation so we knew there was security and everything was going to be fine actually of course we're on the German economy we were driving the Audubon it's a blizzard where we couldn't even see and uh, we were just trying to get to the hospital and we get there and uh, then it starts to hit you, the experience of, man, you're about to be a dad. And the funny thing is that having that experience, then we end up waiting 24, 25, 26 hours for her to come. So. 28. I think I only remember 26. <laughs> so, it was awesome. And Lyric, uh, I was on the phone. When she thought I was in Korea, and uh, every all my my soldiers and troops was around me, you know, cheering me on. It was awesome uh, to get that support overseas from from you know my peers, my soldiers. Uh, I loved it. Wish I could have been there, of course, but that was the next best thing. Hmm. Yeah. Right. So that was important for you to have support from absolutely others on this journey to share my happiness. You mm -hmm. know. To share that yeah yeah from my perspective again it's not about me but I just want to say uh, you know I never thought about any pressures that you might have you seem very confident even when they told us that um, I was discharged and Ashley had to stay behind mm -hmm. and you know how that affected me emotionally and you just took command of the situation, made me feel calm, and you pushed me to do the things that I needed to do. So, um, like I said, it's it's eye-opening to me to see how you experienced it. Um, because, like I said, for me, you seem very much in command of the situation, regardless of the news that we weren't expecting. And then you just jumped, gotta go get the car seat, you know, or not get the car seat, or prepare me to leave. Correct. And then when she was discharged, you just jumped to like, okay, gotta go get the car seat. Super excited, super excited to go get my baby for the first time. You know, I I, I knew she was in good hands, uh, but it was all about you and you leaving your child. You carried her for nine months. You know, I hadn't carried her at all yet, so <laughs> <laughs> it was all about you and making sure that you, you were comfortable and that your mental state, your emotional state, was. Uh, was being attended to so uh and then it was time to get her it was like let's go 
<laughs> regardless, we're out. You know, taking off from work, we're going to get it. And that was a that was a great day. Mm -hmm. It was a great day. Ten pound baby. Mm -hmm. Great day. Yeah. Um, so, what? Think back also on when we brought new babies home. Did you feel any pressures? Were you concerned at all? I remember we were both new parents and everything was new to us. And when we became parents, we were away from our own parents and Correct. it was just you and I. I think we were more excited about it. We had a little, little butterball right there and uh, we gave her all the attention. We did everything for her. We were happy to be with her. Ashley was a calm and easy baby. So it's not like she was trouble. It's not like she cried a lot. She hardly ever cried. So she was awesome. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. I loved moving her around, throwing her in the backpack, you know, put in the stroller. It was awesome with her. She was a great, great baby. Yeah. But you were a great dad too, babe, because again, we didn't have references. Like, you know, my dad was in my life, but because of our culture, I think he wasn't that, you know, hands on mm -hmm. or involved or present. He would, he would leave that to my mom. And so, and you not having a reference either, you know, like, should I change diapers, should I not? You were very hands-on and, you know, you, like you said, you, you changed diapers, you got up with her, you, you know, fed her, you were very present with her. So, uh, was that, you know, what you're talking about that you wanted to be present, the thing that you experienced, you wanted them to experience something Absolutely. different? Absolutely. I wanted to be apart from start, from the beginning. And we were great partners. So we both were good with her. And it wasn't an issue, right? About, oh, it's your turn. No, it's your turn to get up. No, it wasn't an issue. I, I wanted to get up. I wanted to make sure that she was okay. That was important to me, to make sure that she was safe and she was well protected. Mm -hmm. That was the biggest thing I was trying to grasp from not having my father in my life. I knew how it felt to be without him just to rely on my mother, even though she was awesome, still is, you know, uh, that male figure, mm -hmm. that protection, you know, that you feel that we talk about, that I wrote about. So yeah, absolutely. I knew that I wanted to give them all of that from the very beginning of their life. Mm -hmm. So did you feel additional pressures or any different pressures when we went from one child to two? Absolutely not. I was excited. You know, Ashley was excited. Uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Remember, we couldn't get our child <laughs> for a few weeks from your mother. Mm -hmm. So I was excited just to get to her. I mean, she wasn't in the storm, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, no, it was no pressure at all. It was ready. You know, we had a lot of support being in Louisiana, being close to your family. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of support. Your parents would come up, your mother would come up often. So there wasn't a lot of pressure because we were both still in the military. Mm -hmm. So it was it was great. No, no pressure at all. Yeah, I think the one we thing we've had since we left Germany, and even in Germany, I think we had a good good friends that Absolutely. supported us. Great and support then, system. Yeah, great mm -hmm. support system. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So did that help you as a father at all? Do you think? Do I you, think. I think we all learn from each other. Mm -hmm. I think we're all were young fathers over there and we're all were pulling from each other. You know, some of us had their fathers in their life and knew some things. So 
we kind of pulled from each other and grew up together as fathers mm -hmm. in Germany, you know, and uh, that was awesome too. But my my bondholder brothers, mm -hmm. yeah, yes. And then, uh, like you said, Lyric was born while you were stationed in Korea. In uh, we were in San Antonio, and then you came home. Mm. And um, so excited. I think she was three months by then, four months, mm -hmm. when she saw you yeah. uh, for the first time. And then you went from having two to three when you came home with that. Two to three. Then you start to feel a little pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you start to feel a little pressure because you know that that the dynamics have changed, mm -hmm. you know, across the board. So, you know, you have to provide for three. Uh, it's three of everything to include you so now you got to split yourself now you got to spend time equal time with, with your daughters um you felt the pressure a little bit just to provide to make sure they had everything they needed you know and wasn't missing out or anything you know mm -hmm. i wasn't falling short and providing for them but um after we got through that the initial phase of realizing our family just grown from four to five uh it was great, yeah. I mean, my girls were awesome. They were good kids. Mm -hmm. So, and then Ashley took care of Silver, Silver took care of Lyric, and that's how it was. They were close-knit, like they are today. Mm -hmm. I love that about them. Yeah. So, um, we've been here where we are now in Virginia for 20 years. Mm. 21. 21. 21. 21. Mm-hmm. 21 this month. 21. Yeah. So Lyric has, you know, grown most of her life here. Mm -hmm. And um, and then the girls went to, you know, their longest school time Correct. was here. Correct. And their life is now, you know, getting established here. Mm. And as you look at them, what are you most proud of that you know made a difference because you were present in their life that you say okay i raised i was you know was a good enough father and, and it shows it in that you know that they are good people but what is the thing that you are most proud of with my girls yes not their accomplishments but yours as a father with them i, I think it's the way they love me Yeah, it's the way they love me, the, the way they respect me, the way that I feel and they know that they can depend on their father for whatever, that I'm going to be there to support them. So to feel that love from my girls, like all the time, what more can a father ask for? What more is there from your kids, right? Mm -hmm. I'm proud of anything and everything they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now, again, when they were born, they had already exceeded my expectations, so... Life is good. Good. So what made it easier for you to be such a present father? And then I'm going to ask you what made it harder or answer what however way you want to. What made it easier for me to be present with my girls? Yeah. Because I love them and I enjoyed them. Yeah. And I wanted to be there with them. Mm -hmm. And they were a lot like me anyway. They were kind of quirky and goofy as kids, and I just wanted to be there to watch them, to watch them go through the phases, right? Mm -hmm. You really don't, you really don't pay attention to it. As far as yourself, 
you can look back and say, oh yeah, I, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that. But with them, you sit there and just watch them grow into beautiful young women. Yeah, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you said one thing is enjoying it. Correct. You took the time, I think, to enjoy it. To enjoy it, to see it. And, and we always discuss, man, this ain't gonna last long. They're growing up quick. And still, I, I, I'm, I'm baffled to this day how quick it went by. Mm -hmm. I still wish they were my little girls, you know, but I'm super proud of them. Yeah. So you were going to say it interrupted you. So what made it hard, if anything? I think what made it hard was probably the military and being away, mm -hmm. you know, uh, being away, missing some things. You know, you go from trying to be present for everything to missing a year, two years, being deployed. I think that was the that was the hardest for me, is being out there like and then hearing their voices on the phone, and that was hard for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because um, from you know their perspective and from my perspective, you know they don't even remember you being gone because you made every effort to be present mm -hmm. and. Um, and that's what I remember too, that you, you know, regardless of the time difference or the demands or when you were deployed um, or just stationed somewhere else, which is, you know, which are two different things. Deployment brings a lot more Correct. stress and pressures. And so um, that you made every effort and you always did. I can't remember a day that you didn't call. Like you would call in the morning, you would call in the evening. You would speak to them, you would write to them. And from their perspective, they just don't remember you not being yeah. present. When you're deployed, even when you're overseas at another duty station, you come into, a, you get into a routine. And I made sure that you guys were my routine every day. So everything else would, yeah, whenever it involved in place, but my routine was you guys and communicating with you. So I had to make sure and I didn't even have to think about it, you know. It was a routine, so I'm doing every day. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. But I think it does take effort, right, and the commitment, I think. Correct. To make sure that they're still going to be a priority. Regardless Absolutely. of where you were. And the most important things in my life is going to be part of my routine. Mm -hmm. So it was, I didn't have to think about it. You know, I already knew I needed to communicate. You know, write to them so they can read it, so they can have that for themselves, right? Here's your own personal letter that you can keep and read whenever you want to. Mm -hmm. So, and the same with them. When they wrote to me, it's awesome. I still have them. Mm -hmm. still I still have know. the letters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Keep them in that binder. Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, is there anything that you want to share regarding your fatherhood experience? I know one of the things I've heard you say was you know, your commitment to ensure that you enjoyed it, I think makes a difference because I think a lot of, you know, fathers focus on the pressures of being a father, which Correct. are very real. Yeah, true. And you, you and yeah, and you've talked about that, you know, the maybe the pressure to ensure that you provide for them what they needed. Um, in that sometimes the pressures of life that are very real and that are very real to men, and then you add to that the stressors that are unique to men of color, mm -hmm. uh, and how those stressors can separate, you know, families because the stress becomes too much. Mm -hmm. um, 
how did you, you know, deal? Cause, and then on top of that, you were in the military, mm -hmm. and um, and you had troops as well, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, and a wife. And mm -hmm. so, um, how did you, you know, what did you do to deal with those stressors? Like, how did you deal with that and still maintain present? I, I think uh, being in the military, the one thing that helped me is that my wife was in the military so she knew and understood the commitment and some of the requirements things that it took to to be there um and making sure for me the pressures of not just providing but getting promoted mm -hmm. but making more money so i can do more things for my family uh committing myself to schools military schools you know the pressures of of doing this outside and trying to keep it at the military. Don't bring it home. Try not to bring all the stresses, all the work, all the stuff to my house. My house had to be my sanctuary. Uh, even though I had a lot of friends in the military that used to come over, we always, you know, had folks over. But I tried to keep that, uh, the pressures of, of, of for one, uh, being a soldier, being black, being discriminated against, being skipped over for promotions, a lot of that, all of that's real in the military. I can go on and on and on, uh, but to, to keep your calm and keep your cool and don't break under pressure and figure out a way to go around the barriers, right? Mm -hmm. You can't go through them. How am I gonna get around them just for this so I can move on, you know? Mm -hmm. Move on and be great. That was my intent, to be great. Mm -hmm. Not just at work, but at home. Mm -hmm. You know, have faults, failed, came back. But one thing about it is, my girls, they've always been my heart and soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not too much I would do for them. Mm -hmm. Was it helpful? And again, it's not to speak to me, but just the role that us as women can have in supporting men in their fatherhood role. So I remember you being, like I said, you know, deployed. Of course, I remember all the deployments and all the different, um, you know, duty stations that you had. And we mm -hmm. stayed behind sometimes by choice and sometimes, you know, because we just couldn't go with you. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the things that, you know, I always committed myself to was to ensure that you didn't receive the pressures of home of whatever we were experiencing at home while you were deployed because we wanted you to be able to focus or i wanted you to be able to focus on your mission mm -hmm. um, so that you could return safe to us but that was intentional to ensure that you could you know when you called it wasn't about all the stuff that was going on at home but it was more about your time with the girls and ensuring that you know you were updated on you know, the positive things going on in our life. So was that um, helpful to you as a father to be able to have that space to spend time with your girls in a positive way? And, you know, I'm not trying to lead you to an answer. What I'm saying is sometimes as women, we can play a role that's important in men being able to just enjoy their fatherhood. And that, that's exactly what it was, you know. Um, how awesome is it? to look forward to talking to your kids and not really feeling the pressure of the distractions at home. 
the bills, the things, you know, that you already know, but it wasn't the time to discuss it. So especially when I'm talking to the girls, even when I was just talking to you, you were awesome with that. And that made the difference mm -hmm. in my stay, in my deployment, in my rotations, that made a difference for me. That we wasn't having this conversation to put more stress on me. That for me to figure it out. You know, when I know I couldn't from where I was at, even added more stress. So it was awesome the way that you, you did it the many times that I've been gone. The way you set it up, the way you took care of business. I mean, it couldn't have been any better. Mm -hmm. I couldn't have thought of it myself. So on the flip side of that, can you think of anything that we as women or as you think of me you know in particular that could have been more helpful to you as a father or where i could have been where women or myself could have been more supportive of you as a father i can't really i can't really think about that when i if you if you asked me a long time ago maybe uh too influential on the girls you you overstepping your boundaries but when I think today about the past and those times you're in the mind state that I may not come home mm -hmm. and you may have to do this by yourself mm -hmm. so no I, I can't I can't see that you were awesome there was no negativity there awesome mm -hmm. it was great and the climax was that when I got off that plane Especially when I came from the deployment to see Lyric. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget that. She didn't have a clue about who I was. And it took her a few minutes, but it was awesome. Yeah. And I think to that point, to what you were saying or implying right now, I think one of the most challenging times for us was this, every time that you prepared to leave was stressful, right? Because yeah. yeah. you couldn't be quite here and you right. weren't quite there yet. And then when you would come home, like you said, we were in a routine where the girls came to me for everything. So sometimes the transition, I know we had many discussions about, you know, incorporating you back into the routine mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that, um, you know, so that the girls would get used to, you know. That you still hasn't taken place yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> going to you for stuff. Um, so I think, you know, those, again, for me, you know, you had to say it like, okay, I'm home now, so Correct. you need to Correct. back off some. And but I understood that. Right. And I understood that. And it's not, it wasn't like I just jumped into it and said, hey, I'm home. All right, I'm mm -hmm. in charge. Mm -hmm. and we, we eased it and we slow walked it just to let them know. And they saw some of the things that you were doing, I started doing, mm -hmm. you know. And then we started communicating and they understood, you know. Yeah. They understood. So, again, now as a father to adult girls and mm. even a grandfather, mm -hmm. as you sit here today, what would you say to the little boy, Daryl, who didn't have his dad present? Mm. I would tell him that there are great things to come. I would tell him to 
Stay on path to where you're at. Keep doing what you're doing when it comes to your kids. Your mindset on what you knew not to do. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and, and the thoughts and the, you know, imaginations of what it would be like to be a father. Stay there. Mm -hmm. Because it ended well. So your father is no longer alive. No. And you are a father and grandfather. Mm -hmm. What would you say to him if you could? Hmm. I don't think it would be about conversation. It would be more about action, showing him, you know, what type of father I am. Uh, it would be more about him seeing, not just me, but seeing me in action with my girls and seeing my girls and seeing how they're raised, how we raise them, you know, because to, to have that discussion would probably make it more sad than mm. and to come to him enjoying what he sees with his, uh, uh, his son and his grandkids. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. I wouldn't even have that conversation about about the past because the past is in the past so one of the things i regret with him is not having the conversation and let him know that it was all right that you know i never walked in his shoes that as a man i understand you know and you did what you knew. Now I understand that you did what you knew. What do you have? So, yeah. And I regret not having that conversation with him to let him know that, hey, I'm not angry anymore. I'm not, I'm not sad. You know, I don't think about those moments anymore. And I could have made it better with us. You know, that's what I regret. So, as the father again, what do you, well, I'll ask you this question. Um, you had a lot of, you know, you have a lot of friendships, but you have a lot of um, very positive men, mm -hmm. friends that have been part of our village mm -hmm. in raising our girls. Mm -hmm. And they have been very influential in their lives. So, was that intentional on your part, or? Because you only brought around a certain caliber of men. That, that's, so. that's true, and I only hung around a certain caliber of men. And for us, for that particular situation, yes, because they were in the same boat I was in. You know, they had girls, uh, uh, they were respectable men, you know, they were about taking care of their family and being good friends. So absolutely, you know, uh, and we relied on each other. So yeah, absolutely. 20 years ago, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Our friends here have been together, even though Grant's been almost 30 for me and him, but friends here, 20 years, mm -hmm. still going strong. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, and... Looking forward, 
what do you hope to accomplish with your daughters? What would make you make Billy Men more fulfilled as you age gracefully? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I, I think the one thing is for me is for my kids to find someone that just loves them crazy. That's what I want to see a man that, that loves her for who she is and wants to take care of her. That's what I want to see. I want to see that. Um, I want that for them. I'm not going to say I necessarily want to see, but I want that for them. You know, for somebody just to love them unconditionally, just love them crazy, and do everything for them. And them to appreciate it. You know, recognize it and appreciate it. So that's what I want. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Yeah. And to groom my little man uh, uh, to be respectful and love women. Yeah. That's important. Uh, it's important for you. And by little man, you're talking about your grandson. I'm talking about my grandson Maddox, uh, Big Daddy. <laughs> so I want to make sure that he understands the role of women in his life and how he's supposed to treat women. And love them, you know. But it's evident right now because of you know you guys the way you guys love him. He understands and he loves you guys, so it's awesome. He loves his papa too. He does. He, he does. Big man. Oh oh oh, big man. <laughs> My man. <laughs> and our time is coming. Right now he's a baby, but our time is coming. So God willing, mm -hmm. you know, His grace. So, uh, what is the last message maybe you would send to each one of your daughters on this Father's Day as a father? What would you say to each one? It would be a collective message to know that everything that I could receive in life, in a lifetime for a father that I have already. big and awesome. I love them. Uh, I'm so proud. I'm so happy for them. You know, again, when they were born, they exceeded my expectations. So there's nothing they can do really to me. And I just want them to know that every day is Father's Day for me. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Any parting words? No question was. You were a great interviewer. <laughs> you know, I didn't like the setup. Denzel got a little better, but okay. I take what I can get. Mm. Okay. Love you, babe. Love you more. Thank you for joining Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs>